Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Adio here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Find an extra where we bring you all the latest from the world of combat sports. Joining me, as always, Talk Sports Gareth A. Davis for a big, big show today. Coming up on the show, we are going to reflect on a knockout win for Savannah Marshall this weekend. She made light work, to be fair, of Femke Hermans and has now set up a super fight. And it is a super fight with Clarissa Shields. We have the latest on the heavyweight division. Three weeks out from Fury versus White, but still no sign of an undercard. We are going to hear from Frank Warren a bit later. Elsewhere, we've been told we'll know about when and where Usyk versus Joshua will happen in the next two weeks. We'll discuss where and when that fight is likely to happen. And we'll discuss the return of Gennady Golovkin and a bit of UFC chucked in as well. Don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. right tactics Joshua has the capabilities to win the fight versus Usyk is he capable of winning yes do I think he's going to win probably not do it himself you saw him at the press conference he had his own stare down with himself it doesn't seem any kind of a problem for me and Tyson Fury going into this fight without Jillian White uh, showing up or, or even having any comments to say and he is still the IBO WBA middleweight champion of the world Oh, busy show today, loads to get through. Let's welcome in Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, how are you, my man? I'm very well, Eddie. How are you? Can't complain, can't Excuse complain. Me. Let's talk about um, Savannah Marshall getting the job done against Femke Hermans on the weekend. It now does set up that super fight. It is a super fight 
against Claresha Shields. I, I did a video the other day on my YouTube, not plugging it, not plugging it, I promise. And I said, you know what? This is like the best of enemies. They need each other. I mean, we've seen Clarissa Shields go over to, to MMA. It hasn't quite worked out. The only reason she's going over to MMA because there's no one for her to fight. Savannah, I think Clarissa's brought out another side of Savannah that I love. She's speaking now. She She's more confident. It's a fantastic matchup. It is. And, you know, it's it takes two to tango. You need a dance mm. partner, all those old adages. And I think... You know, it's an era-defining fight for the women in the middleweight division. It's 10 years in the making, going back to the World Championships, the amateur World Championships when Savannah was champion age 20. And then a bitter disappointment beaten by Maria Vol Volnova uh, in, the, in the first round. It was, I think, the last eight of the middleweights uh, in London in her home Olympics. And it was won by Claressa Shields, who was a 17-year-old. And they've both gone on from there to go 12-0 each in their careers you know, Claressa, a three-weight world champion, barely put a foot wrong, barely lost a round. Not a lot of knockouts in there. And as you say, uh, Savannah gets her 10th knockout of her 12-fight career on Saturday night against Femke Hermans. Real Pat, well, I said to you last week, didn't I? What she's got, she's got long-rangey shots uh, in her elusive way. And when she gets in close, she throws very dangerous hooks. Mm. Um, and it's the perfect assimilation of the Fury technique. Yeah, um, yeah, and she's a six footer. She's very strong, um, so it sets up on paper at least puncher uh, versus boxer. Even though they're not quite that in reality in the ring, and as you say, the enmity is real. Um, they're going to get their claws out at each other. We've seen it a couple of times. The other thing, which I'll also reiterate later in the show, we go into depth in this, is that Hannah Rankin went ten rounds of Clarissa Shields as well. And uh, Savannah dealt with her in seven rounds, dropped her and stopped her in seven. So, you know, it's a fascinating contest. I don't know if it's a super fight. Mm. It's a super fight in terms of bringing two brilliant middleweight women together. But is it a super fight in terms of it crossing over into the mainstream? Sky have done their very best to publicize it. It's not signed, sealed and delivered yet. I hope it's not pay-per-view because I think if it is, a lot fewer people will see it. So I hope they leave it open to the mainstream. Yeah, look, we'll talk about that uh, more throughout the show, as you, as you mentioned. Um, let's hope it gets done next. You can only milk the cow for so long. Uh, AJ yeah. Usyk, a date within two weeks. This is what Usyk's, and Usyk's manager have confirmed. We'll know a date, we'll know a venue. What can you tell us? Where, where, Where's more likely, London? Well, I hope so, because... I don't want Saudi Arabia to be likely, Eddie. I'm very unhappy about it. It sends completely the wrong signals. Um, I'm completely against it going to be in Saudi Arabia. I would go and report on it, obviously. But um, given that Saudi Arabia um, are bombing Yemen at the moment, um, I think that's wrong. I think it sends completely the wrong message um for Alexander Usyk from his side it, it you know it seems ethically and morally wrong even if it if the business reasons look good because the site fee is 92 million pounds greed should not overcome morality and I think for the right messaging if Alexander Usyk does take this fight and he wants to give out a humanitarian message for Ukraine it's not going to be done well in Saudi Arabia okay uh, some breaking news uh, I say breaking news it was kind of it was whispered over the weekend. He has now confirmed it. Lee Selby, former IBF featherweight champion, uh, the Welsh Mayweather, I remember, he, he went by, 
has called um, Taiwanese career after that loss in Argentina. I think it is perfect time for him to retire. I remember seeing a social media post he did, and he said, look, when I was younger, I would have taken these kids. Uh, now it's getting tougher. Um, it's, it's been such a good career. It really has. I mean, anyone that can become world champion, Commonwealth, European, and tick all those boxes, it's fantastic, right, to achieve that. I don't know why, but I just... I'm a big fan of Lee, and I thought Lee could have gone on a bit more, a bit further, sorry. Um, especially if he, I think there's a Josh Warrington fight that maybe changed my view and opinion on that. But overall, fantastic career. I mean, once you can win, become a world champion, you, you've ticked the boxes when it comes to boxing. Yeah, look, when he set out in 2000 against Sid Razak and got his first victory at the age of 21, he'd been a pro for 14 years, you know. Um, before that, he was the Welsh champion at, uh, <laughs> um, you know, as an amateur at uh, featherweight and lightweights. I've got a feeling it was at heavyweight as well, but that might be a joke. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, he, he grew up in splots. You know, he's had this hot, same team around him the whole time. Chris Sanigar, one of the great stalwarts of British boxing, a great friend of mine going back many years, Bristolian, um, trained leave all that period of time. Very, very talented boxer. I was yeah. there the night he beat Yevgeny Gradovich. I was there London. for that as well. Yeah, I was well, at the good. arena for that. Good. What were you doing? Just there as a fan. Okay. They mm-hmm. see how life changes. Yeah, it's um, crazy, isn't it? And and it was a brilliant performance. He, he boxed and and skilled and outdid Yevgeny Gradovich in a brilliant performance. Got a technical decision in the eighth round. I think might have been on a cut, um, an accidental head clash. That's right. Um, but he that was in his pomp. He'd beaten Rendell Monroe, Ryan Walsh, cleaned up all the British. Um, adversaries, was undefeated in 26, 25, 26 fights, then um, went on to be undefeated in 27. You know, um, he still got the win against Ricky Burns. Yeah. I think that was at lightweight as well. It was. But I think you know, the the he looked like when he lost to Josh Warrington, Alan Road in May 2018, it looked like he'd lost some of his timing. He was struggling to make the weight. He's always been a tall um, featherweight, he's five eight five nine, and and I think you know Lee. I always had to outbox his opponents. He wasn't a power boxer, as you say. He was kind of uh, the Welsh Mayweather, as he was renowned. You're right, and and uh, look um, against Gustavo Daniel Lemos on Saturday night in Estadio Luna Park, Buenos Aires, Argentina. He had a. You got to stop laughing when I speak Espanol, <laughs> because that. because you know. It, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In Estadio Luna Park, Buenos Aires, Argentina, against Gustavo Daniel Lemos on Saturday night, you know he looked all right for a couple of rounds. Once Lemos started loading up. It just didn't look great. And yeah. then I think, you know, Lee's made the right decision at the right time. You know, he's from Barry Island, you know. Um, he's a proud Welshman. Um, he, you know, he, he's a great character, Lee. He's so laid back. He's, I remember sitting in London with him after he'd beaten um, Gradovich and we had a lovely interview. And I went to his victory parade um, in Barry Island with the open top uh, double-decker bus and... You know, he, he's loved in his local area and he, he's no big shakes. He's no, you know, he's a very, very mellow dude. And um, I'm just glad he's one of those people that's 
realise that it's time to give it up, Addy. And uh, yeah, he'll be remembered as one of the Welsh greats. There's no question about it. Yeah, indeed, I, I echo everything you said there. Look, fantastic fighter, but I, I guess the biggest thing, and you said this, even when he did have his wins and look, some fantastic wins on the resume, he had to work for them because the, yeah. the power wasn't there. So it was sort of grueling 12 rounds, having to kind of keep yeah. the fighters off him all the time. Well, I'm looking at his record from 15 onwards, right? Fight 15 to fight 32. Apart from the, you know, George Cambosos, remember, was a split decision loss. It just shows where he's at. Look what Cambosos did with Tiafimo Lopez, mm. you know? Although Cambosos, I think, coasted through that one in a lot of ways. But, you know, Ricky Burns, 12 rounds. Omar Douglas, 12 rounds. Warrington, 12 rounds. Ramirez, 12 rounds. Jonathan Victor Barros, 12 rounds. Um, Eric Hunter, 12 rounds, 12 rounds, 12 rounds. Um, Fernando Montiel, 12 rounds. Then, you know, eight rounds, nine rounds, 12 rounds, 12 rounds, 12 rounds. You go way back to, you know, like 17th fight to his 32nd fight. 10, 11 of those were 12 round fights. He had to work really hard for it. And I do know just going through that with likes of Fernando Montiel, um, uh, Jonathan Victor Barros, uh, Josh Warrington, Eduardo Ramirez, all these guys, Ricky Burns, George Cambosos. That's a decent resume. Mate, when you say it like that, very decent resume. Very. Underrated that. Do you know what? Lee came before social media and Twitter and all those things where people trumpet their success now and they, they go out there and they milk the praise and they say, look what I've done. I signed this. I've got these new sponsors. Lee's not like that. And he's one of those old school boxers that never really promoted himself. And Chris Senegar, his trainer, is a very under undersung, underappreciated um, piece of the furniture in British boxing, even in world boxing. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's right that we're thinking about him today. And uh, it's a shame we couldn't get him on the show. He's very hard to get an interview with, Lee. He's just, you know, he's, he's asleep half the time or just chilling down by the beach in Barry Island. Yeah, yeah. No, look, we've reached out to him. It reminds me of a lot of Joe Calzaghe, who, again, didn't like yeah. the limelight, didn't want it, yeah. didn't didn't yeah. didn't care for it. And um, maybe there's something in the Welsh waters. He doesn't really care for it as well. Do you think this is it? Uh, boxing's one of yeah. those sports where most do want to come back for one more, two more. Do you think this is it with him? No, I think it is. You know, he's got up to lightweight because he he couldn't make featherweight anymore. He's not big enough or powerful enough at lightweight. Um, And uh, no, that is it. I I, I cannot see him coming back. Who who, who does he need to fight? Um, You know, he's probably done very well for himself. Um, Probably lives very, very, you know, within his means. Mm. And... You know, like I say, you, you don't know a lot about Lee Selby's life. He had some tragedy in his life as he well. Did. He you did, know, yeah. um, I remember being around him when that happened, and you know, it, very sad mm. um, with it with one of his parents passing away. But um, no, he's he's I he, I think he'll be fine. I think it wouldn't surprise me to see him popping up, working a little bit with uh, with Chris Sanigar and the Sanigars in Bristol, helping out some boxers and doing some training, but um, nah, let, let, we'll see Lee at events. I just hope he doesn't put on weight. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you don't, what though. Don't, don't Nassim Hamid, please Lee, don't. No, 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 that's a big, that's a big call. But the, the funniest thing actually is about Lee, um, even though he's got no Mexican in him, he doesn't half look like a Mexican. Mate, you know how that. badly does he? 
<laughs> but really very does, badly indeed. It, mate, very it's badly. incredible. Honestly, he really does. He very really badly does. in a good way. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to all the Mexicans out there in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> all right, you're listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2 with The Zone. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to be discussing the latest from Fury versus White and where and when we'll see Usyk versus Joshua. Plus, we're going to look ahead to the return of GGG and we'll squeeze in a bit of UFC as well. But up next, though, we're going to recap a big win for Savannah Marshall. <laughs> I wouldn't have overlooked Clarissa Shields, two-time gold medalist. She's never put her foot wrong in the pro game. But that power is undeniable, and, and she'll have to be on her toes for the full-time rounds. It's a, it's, it's a fascinating fight. Welcome back to Final Extra here on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Yeah, good win, big win for Savannah Marshall, who destroyed Femke Hermans, didn't she? Uh, on the weekend. It now, I say sets up the Shields fight. I mean, nothing's been confirmed. We don't even know if it's even next. Has to happen next for me because it's a massive fight and we are trying to grow uh, the sport of boxing, right? We are. We are trying to grow it. Um, and I think this fight is one of the biggest fights that can be made in the female sport today. Uh, question, Gareth. I, I, I'm not going to ask you what's the bigger fight because the bigger fight is Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. I mean, that, that's a given. Like, easy. If you could only watch one, they're on at the same time. Which one do you watch? Katie Taylor Serrano, Savannah or, or Shields? Well, you can stream both at the same time. Though, <laughs> yeah, can't you? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, see what you're doing there. So, um, well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, you know, in, in I'm as... I tell you what, Savannah and uh, Clarissa is less predictable than Amanda and, um, than Kate, and Katie. Um... But the thing is, I think, you know, because you know that I think Amanda and um, Katie are going to have a slugfest. They're going to go to war, rounds. aren't they? They're going to go to war. Yeah, yeah. they're going to go to war. But, but the, the Marshall Shields fight is going to be an intriguing fight that on paper looks like um, puncher versus boxer, given mm. their records. But Clarissa really likes to let her hands go as well. And Savannah's accused of being pillow fists after her performance against Emma Cozen in Cardiff when she was there ringside and had their first real tete-a-tete for the cameras on Sky Sports, um, which was fascinating, as it was again on Saturday night. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot of showmanship there, you know, um, and it's good to see Savannah have this kind of dance partner, frankly, because, look, the difference between Serrano and Taylor is they've both got massive followings. The Irish and the Puerto Ricans are going to come Ooh, out in force man. In, in Madison Square Garden. I'm looking forward to being there myself for both William Hill and the Telegraph. Are you um, there? Then we should uh, definitely go for boxing. a glass of whiskey. I'm going in there as well. We've De- got to meet up. Definitely going. Yeah. Definitely going. Um, obviously, it's on to zone as well, isn't it? So, it is. Um, you know, it's, it's a really big night. But I think, um, you know, if... Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano was here. Would it massively capture the public imagination? I'm not sure. No. So this, this has is though, a, hasn't it? Savannah and Clarissa really has. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it has. I think you know, there's still a build going on, but they need mm. to do it now. It's an era-defining fight. It's a, it's a, it's an industry fight. Um, you know, the women's game is still evolving. I had conversations about this 
earlier today with a group of students from Sunderland University with a brilliant Neil Farrington, who's their lecturer. And I was talking to them about MMA and boxing and people were asking about, you know, um, did Marshall and Shields, or sorry, did Marshall and, um, <clears throat> and Femke Hermans go a little bit under the radar on Saturday night? I don't think it did. I think it got quite a lot of publicity. Um, it's just that women's boxing is evolving now to a point where it is fascinating. And I, I really hope that they don't put Marshall and Shields on. And it will be in the summer. It, it does look like it's next. I hope they don't put it on pay-per-view on the Sky platform, Maddie, because I think they hope, hope I hope they really publicise it and, and, and make it prevalent um, for the British sporting public. And I think also it helps that Clarissa Shields may well fight in the PFL here in London in August as well, which may help the Professional Fighters League in MMA, because obviously uh, Shields is trying to become a mixed martial arts champion as well. So I think both, both women are, have, have the potential to be great in their sport. Um, you know, they're both undefeated in 12. They, they barely put a foot wrong. Um, but the fascinating thing is, for all Clarissa's physicality, you just wonder about the power of her punches, but boxing has a has a has a a wild and woolly way of surprising us, and you just don't know because Savannah hasn't really been hit by anyone hard. Mm, yeah. So so who knows? Um, I, I could see either girl going down in this fight. Um, on, on Saturday night, I made Savannah favourite. When you look at Hannah Rankin. Uh, the opponent for Savannah when she won the WBO middleweight title. You know, she dropped and stopped her in seven. Um, Rankin went 10 rounds with Clarissa Shields. Um, you know, Savannah set uh, Femke Hermans up beautifully with that left hook. She worked her into the corner. Hermans was very tricky up to that point, switch hitting and being awkward and being on the move on her bike. But um, I, I, I just think Marshall has grown a lot. And, and you know, I remember when I couldn't get a word out of her 10 years ago, Annie, and she at least does decent interviews now, which is great. Yeah, she, no, she does. I, I agree on that point as well. Now, she, it's almost like Clarissa's brought her out of this, out of this shell, if I'm honest with you. You mentioned Sky and it it not it, or it shouldn't go on on box office is that the problem they're having right now i mean look let's just be honest this fight should be announced we should they should have got in the ring and then ben shalom should have announced this fight's gonna happen this date both are not injured we can go is there a problem whereby you know clarissa's openly spoken about the money that sky are paying her and that in order to kind of recoup that they have to put it on box office i don't think so i think they've got large coffers i think you know i, I don't think it's a box office event uh, it's a box office. It's a it's a box office fight, um, but it's not a box office event. Mm. If you know what I mean. I do. Um, I do. Um, so it's 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 a difficult one. Look, women's boxing is shifting the paradigm at the moment, Let, and and I have to be honest about it and not overdo it and not do the Eddie Hearn sell on. Serrano and Taylor. Look, Jake Paul's put his weight behind it. Eddie Hearn's got a lot of influence. You know, it's a very important historic fight because Katie Taylor is, is a pathfinder in the sport. Yeah. I would compare her to Ronda Rousey in boxing, in, in MMA. 100%. You know, she's very similar, um, apart from personality, that she has shifted uh, the way people look at women's boxing. Um, and she's done it through a lot of different avenues. The brilliant documentary about her, the way she is. Um, 
but it, there's a long way to go in women's boxing, but it's no longer a Layla Ali fighting a group of has-beens or, or nobodies or waitresses, um, cleaners and, and office workers. It's no longer Christy Martin out on her own. It's no longer Jane Couch out there on her own. You know, it's that there, there is there there is there is shape and a bit of depth to the, the divisions now, but we're nowhere near um, where the depth is in in men's boxing. Could it? And we have to be honest about. It. I mean, I'm not criticizing women's boxing. I, I love women's boxing. I I'm one of those who is an advocate of it. So um, could it what? Could it go on? Say say that you know, look, they always seem to find a pay per view event. We saw that with Amir Khan versus Cobra. Could it go on a co-main? on a pay-per-view or does it need to stand alone itself as the main event was uh marshall shields yeah oh no it's on a pay-per-view event yeah co-main on a pay-per-view yeah co-main on a pay-per-view event works perfectly i mean i did ask um uh ben shalom that on saturday night on our fight night mm. show our podcast world podcast nominated uh awards or was it british national awards podcast nominated <laughs> uh on, on to it's an award, uh, it's an award fights, at yeah. least yeah uh, yeah, I'm um, nominated. Um, I mean, um, but I asked him about maybe putting Amir Khan as being talked about um, as wanting to fight again. You know, maybe something like that or a Chris Eubank fight mm. would be perfect for it, I think. Um, but yeah, that's just my view. Just, um, um, you know, that's that's how I see it. No, Sorry. I fully understand as well. All right, you're listening to Find Extra on TalkSport 2 with DAZN. Remember, stream boxing anytime, anywhere with DAZN.com. Still to come, we are going to look ahead to the return of Gennady Golovkin, and we'll squeeze a bit of UFC in there too. Up next, though, we'll get the latest from the heavyweight division. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If Joshua can control the areas of the ring, push Usyk back, make him skirt around, make him break his base, attack when he breaks his base. He's going to have a lot easier entries 
a lot safer entries and it'll land cleaner more often. His lawyer received the contract and signed the contract, got Dillian to sign it after advising him. In that contract, all the things they've asked for since are not in there. As long as he's there on the night, as long as he weighs in, as long as he's there on the night, we'll move ahead with it. Yeah, let's hope he is there on the night. Uh... In a way, no show in the press conference. Look, there is another press conference coming up. He will be there for that one, surely. I mean, we hope he's there anyway. It's the big fight. It's the biggest British heavyweight fight of all time. It really is. Uh, 90,000 people are going to attend Dillian White, or should I say, let me, let me do it correctly, Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. Let's hear from Tyson Fury's promoter, Frank Warren, who's asked, why there's been so many issues in setting this fight up in the first place? It was a negotiation period, and terms weren't reached. You can't reach terms, you then go to purse bids. And the purse bid, the winning promoter gets rights. He gets the sole rights for the fight, he gets the rights to the, the build-up for the fight of all um, the filming, he gets the rights to sell the fight around the world, sell the tickets, everything. It's not another negotiation, that's it. You, you send a contract to the lawyer, the law, his lawyer, received the contract and signed the contract, got Dillian to sign it after advising him. In that contract, all the things they've asked for since are not in there. Not in there at all. Not one of the things he's asked for is in the contract that he advised his client to sign. Not one thing. In the contract it says economy tickets, because that's the standard thing for a purse bid, not a private plane. It doesn't say about escrows, nothing in there about escrow accounts. Nothing in there about ticket allocations, not a thing. And we were quite willing to, to make this a bit smoother. Of course, you know, we'd sort something out with tickets. Private plane, I don't want to give him a private plane, but when it was a, he's not going to show up for the press conference, give him a private plane. Escrow, we'll put the money in escrow. We agreed to two things, then they want another 10. So it went nowhere. So it's all well documented. And I was on on TalkSport recently with the lawyer, I thought made himself look a complete prat, asking for stuff that's not there. We are where we are. All we expect now is the contract that we got to be honoured. And he has obligations in that contract to be honoured. And if he doesn't honour him, we'll sort that out after the fight. As long as he's there on the night, as long as he weighs in, as long as he's there on the night, we'll move ahead with it. But we have honoured our contract. And I'll prove a point. If we hadn't honoured it, and being honourable in all what we're doing. You heard that, lawyer. Do you not think you'd be suing us? Now, for more of that interview with Frank Warren, head over to TalkSport Boxing on YouTube. Frank Warren in conversation with TalkSport's James Savunja. Um, it's all a bit of a mess in it, to be honest with you. Look, the fight's going to happen. I'm pretty sure it's going to happen. Not 100%, I can't give you that. I'll give you 90. <laughs> 95 is the best I can go, but it will happen. Uh, Tyson Fury will defend his lineal and WBC heavyweight titles against Dillian White, April 23rd, Wembley. Gareth A. Davis will be part of TalkSport's coverage of that one. Remember, it is live and exclusive on TalkSport. Um, I guess, to be fair, look, Gareth, you, you, mean, you, you would know about contracts and what goes on behind the scenes in boxing. It's difficult, isn't it, to make some of these big fights? There is so much that goes involved with it. And I guess that's why sometimes some of the big fights just fall through the cracks. Look, there are little side deals that go on once the big deal's been done. Like you say, um, do you think it's 95%? Uh, according to my brain, uh -oh. it's 100%. Oh, okay, good. Because, <laughs> because they've signed a contract to have the fight. They've sold the tickets. Um, you know, Jeffrey Bentz is going to find his client heavily sued 
if he doesn't turn up and have this fight. They've signed the fight at, at $8 million with $4 million from the escrow if he beats Tyson Fury. Um, he'd be absolutely committing career suicide if he does not take that fight. Because anyone that doesn't take a fight when they could win the heavyweight championship of the world and there's six million pounds guaranteed to them just to step into the ring, yeah? Mm. To come to the weigh-in and step into the ring. All this stuff about the contractual obligations around turning up for press conferences and this, that, and the other. Look, it's become a game. Um, and we, we heard all that attrition between Frank Warren and White's lawyer, Jeffrey Benz, on the Jim White show. It, it was frankly staggering. I think, you know, um, that, that the two sides are in such a disagreement. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a boxing match, yeah. you know, for the heavyweight championship of the world. And as I say, Dillian White doesn't turn up. He, he, he's finished. It's career suicide. So he's going to be there. It's going to happen. Um, and it's just going to be great fun. And do you know what? I'm on the Zoom right now, and I can see Mr. Lee Selby. I don't know if I can bring doing? him in, but I can see him. He's already talking to me. He's How already talking to me. I said, oh, God. we've been waxing lyrical, Addy, about him for, for, for 10 minutes to, while he was having a snooze probably in Batty Island somewhere. But... No. Um, <laughs> You know, it's good. Look, Lee, welcome in, Lee. Um, we we are, you know, in a weird way, Lee. I'm almost, I'm I'm happy, I'm happy and also disappointed that you called it quits. Happy because I think you know what, he's had a great career, fantastic career. Yeah. Disappointed because we just love to Thank see you. your box, love to see your box. You're still you're still the Welsh Mayweather, and we, we see a bit I, of that brilliance. I, all, I, I, I didn't we like see that it. tag. The Welsh Mayweather. I think the boxing news dubbed me after one of my fights. They did. And then the amount of stick I got for that. People think I was calling myself the Welsh Mayweather. I wouldn't do that. But um, I would rather call it? you the the, the, the the Welsh Mexican. Or, or, or you could call Mayweather the American Lee Selby. Either way. <laughs> Either way. But um, I, I, I was... At first, I, w- I was pretty upset after like reading the comments from... um. You know my my reti- retirement. I I sort of felt upset, mm. and then I and then I thought to myself, I should be celebrating my my retirement, not like be, being upset and down. Yeah, yeah. So like I've changed the way of thinking, and, then, and now I'm just just looking back at my career and sort of enjoying it rather yeah. than being upset. And and you deserve to enjoy it because I mean, me and Gareth were just going through some of your your career highlights and some of the names you've fought, and it's been a fantastic yeah. career. It really has. I mean, how difficult was it to come to that decision? For fighters, I always feel like it's so hard just to say, I am done. Maybe I'm not as good as I once was five, six years ago. And the guy in front of me five, six years ago would have wiped the floor yeah. with. How difficult is that decision? Um, to be honest, it, it is difficult. But again, I, I, I know myself and I know that the last two, two opponents I boxed, ten, ten, they, they were near enough 10 years younger than me. And ten years ago, I would I would have destroyed a pair of them. I would have, I would have beat them both. I know I would have. And and that that was the, the deciding factor. And and another thing, if I had lost the fight when, when I was coming when I was coming through, I, I wouldn't have shown my face. I would have been too embarrassed. I wouldn't have spoke to nobody. I wouldn't have answered the I wouldn't have answered the phone. But after the last two defeats, I I, I was like sort of just just normal. I, I I weren't upset how I would have been. And then that was another another deciding factor in, sign, yeah. in my, my um, retirement. Mm. And 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 another thing, when I when I was coming through, I on hand on heart, honestly, I would have died in the ring, without 
I would have rather died than, than lose, and I would have killed the opponent. Whereas now, if I had to hurt my opponent, I, I, I would I couldn't live with myself. I'd be distraught, and and I would rather lose than, than obviously die. Now now I got mm. a family and people depending on me. So my, my my mentality changed changed a bit, and and I knew it was just time to to hang him up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I was waxing lyrical at the top of the show, Lee, when, um, when we talked about it in the first section. When yeah. you're probably, I, I know you, I know you're so laid back. You probably have a siesta every afternoon, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, just, just what a pleasure it was. Um, you're such a boxing man through and through. And I remember yeah. when we sat. Do you remember when we sat up outside um, Hyde Park one day yes. after, after press conference when he yes. won the world title and. And I vowed to you I was coming down to your victory celebration yeah. through yeah. Barry Island with the open top yeah. bus. It was a I'll never forget that day because Oh, it was amazing. It was. Even you, you had all your family on the bus. Yeah. And you're so modest. You I've never seen you really emotional, but you were really emotional that day, oh, yeah, weren't you? The whole town turned out, didn't it? I think I think Chris Sanagas rubbing off on me. He's he's very emotional and like <laughs> and passionate. I, I look back, I look to the back of the bus, and he was there with like tears streaming down his face. Do you do yeah. um look that Gradovich um victory, and that's what you're talking about, obviously winning the IBF featherweight. Yeah. Do do you look at that as um the best performance? I mean, you've had some good ones. Obviously, when you win a world title, automatically that's the one that springs to mind for people. Like you know, that's the day O2 yeah. Arena. That was it. But what was your best performance? You think? See, I I I. Well, to be honest, my best performances were in the gym with nobody watching. <laughs> and, and, I, and I struggled. Well, I, I never brought the best out of me in, in the fights. Always in the gym. I, I've been like all, all across the world, all around America, sparring with top, top fighters. And I, I've barely lost a round. So my best fights have sadly been in the gym. But the ones in the ring, I, th I think the standout ones were the Gradovich fight, obviously, because it was a world title against an undefeated champion. And the Martin Lindsay, Martin Lindsay won in Belfast. That, that was another one that stood up. The, the, can I ask, Addy? That um, I was there on the. I picked you to beat Josh Warrington. It's a lot yeah. closer fight than people remember. You yeah, know, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and 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 I think Josh has a very judge-pleasing style. Yeah, uh, is what yeah, I've noticed over does. time. Yes, he, he does. He he does. Um, um. Were there signs in 2018 that you would have been 31 then? And featherweights yeah. traditionally, and you're a very yeah. tall featherweight, you're 5'9", five aren't you? 5'8", five 5'9", five yeah. maybe 5'10". 5'8 five, five um, and a half. 5'8 and a half, okay. Um, <laughs> um, generally, featherweights, when they become men at yeah. 30, really do begin yeah. to struggle with the weight. Yeah. They genuinely do. It's the and same with all the lower weights, really. Yeah. And, and, exactly. And do you think at that point in your career that that night you'd really begun, your body had begun to tell you, do you know what, I don't know if I, I can make 126 so. anymore, you know? I, I think I, I think before then. And yeah. to be honest, look, looking back, although it's, diff it's easy to say now and difficult at the time, um, my, my first defence when I boxed Fernando Montiel out in Phoenix, Arizona, I, I, I won the same fighter as I was winning the title. I think mm. I'd outgrown the weight then. So I, looking back, I, I, I should have moved up after the first defence. But after training so hard, I well, worked my whole life to win a world title and nobody <laughs> gave me any favours. It would have been difficult to vacate the belt and expect somebody to g give me a, a shot or another title. When you see people selling themselves 
on social media now. Not for me. No, I know that I was, I said that to Addy. Oh, look, I know you pretty well, don't I? Yeah. We, we've spoken many times. And I said, the thing is with Lee, he's just a boxing man through and through. He's I'm, not I'm, a... I'm like old school in my, in my ways outside the ring and yeah. in, in, the, in the boxing. Like years ago, they, they didn't have all that, that rubbish. They, they'd shake hands before the fight. They're, they're boxing and they'd sell the tickets. They'd fight and they'd shake hands afterwards. And, that, and that's how it should be. Now you've got, now it's, I'm leaving the sport at the right time. It's turned into a circus. <laughs> it's, it's does it upset crazy. you that it does it upset you a little bit that it is a circus? Yes, because like I, I'm like you said, like I'm a boxing guy through and through, a traditionalist, and and that's what I, what I like to see. I don't like all this well trash talking to 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 an ex. Well, there's trash talking, and then you got Muhammad Ali who did with class. There's a big difference. Like I can sit and watch Muhammad Ali talk all, all day. I'm watching fight all day for that matter. But um, you do a class like that, or you, or this trash talking now when they just it's, it's embarrassing. Lee, Lee, you ticked all the boxes, right? British, Commonwealth, European, yeah. world champion. I'm only going to ask you this next question, just because you said that a lot of your your best work was in the gym, and a lot of fighters yeah. talk about leaving their stuff in the gym. Do you look at your career yeah. and think maybe I could have achieved a bit more? I I look I, at I, and think you've done everything, but because of what you said, I'm asking that I question. I could have, yeah. I think I could have. And like oh. I, I've done a lot of it on my own, like the, the training and like the diet and the making weight. I've, done, I've just done it all on my own. If if like like I see some fighters on like the social media, they got like a whole team around them, like nutritionists, dietitians, people cooking their food every day. And like I, I didn't get there. I, I sort of done it mainly on my own. Obviously, Tony Borg's been in the gym with me every day, and um, Chris Sanaga played a massive part. But a lot of it has been done on my on my own back. Has uh, has um, Tony Borg lost any weight during lockdown or not? I won't tell him where. No, don't, don't, <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell him that. What are you trying to say? He's fat? Gaff. You, I don't, no, not at all. Gaff. I think he's P-H-A-T fat. Very cool. Okay. The new version of fat. <laughs> uh, Lee, look, before we let you go, I really appreciate you coming on. What next, Lee? Uh, a bit of training, yeah. maybe? Uh, what's the plan? So, in my 27 years of boxing, I've only seen a handful of decent, well, yeah, that's all there is, de decent coaches, coaches. And I em emphasize the word coaches because that's all there. They're coaches. You, you don't see nobody teaching boxing. Mm. Like, like just the fundamentals, how to stand and how, how to deliver a correct punch. So I'd love to um, pass on what, what I think I know to, to the younger generation and get, give back to the children of my town and, and, and the people of my town. And, and give 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 back of it. So I'd like to get into coaching. I'm not sure about professionally, but like like the amateurs and the youngsters, because they they, they look up to me and they respect me, and they they'll they'll train and they'll listen. Uh, Lee, I want to get your thoughts on your previous division. Um, I know you were sparring Kiko Martinez in the lead up to his fight with Josh Warrington. I don't know if you watched the fight, but if you didn't, what's your thoughts just on the featherweight division in itself right now? Lee Wood has almost come from nowhere to be probably. Yeah. Maybe behind Navarati, the best in the division. What's your thoughts on Lee and Josh right now? First of all, I I missed the um the Warrington and Kiko Martinez fights as as I was a little bit busy over in Argentina myself. I, <laughs> I, had, I had plans of elsewhere, but the, the division has always been a great division, and it's it's great to see so much so many British fighters like ruling ruling the roost, mm. and Lee, Lee Woods. Is is a great fight. 
and I've, I've heard stories about him punching very hard in, in, in the gym. And my my brother boxed, boxed Lee Wood twice in the ABA finals and he beat Lee Wood twice. And then uh, Michael Conlon, he boxed, he boxed also. They, they just had a great fight. And he, he beat Michael Conlon three times. Well, your brother, and Andrew, by the way, Conlon, special yeah. fighter, what? Special special fighter Andrew, and but but it's it's sad to see Andrew looking at retirement at such an early age, and and them guys doing so great when he could have been in the mix himself. How, how can I just jump in and ask about the division as well? So when this era ends, um, well, I mean, first of all, do you think what if you were in Warrington's position and Woods' position, would you? take your fans over from Leeds and fight in the States, in the United States against a Leo Santa Cruz or a Manuel Nebarrete? Or would you take the Lee Wood fight? Because there seems to be a real appetite for all British clashes at the moment. And secondarily, who's going to emerge in those slightly younger guys than you as, as, the, as, the, as the best featherweight of that era post you? If, if I was Wood, either Wood or Warrington, I, I would after being world champion, I would have to go with with the moneyest. And like Warrington sort of I think he's peaked mm. and he's sort of a a stage where like he, he needs to just grab, grab as much as he can. And would I think because he's he's a bit younger, he can he can just do what he likes. But after be after winning the title, myself personally I'd go where the money was. So where do you fight. think the money is then? Do you think it's Wood and Warrington because they've got such big followers? Well, possibly or... because I think they're both with um, Matchroom. They yeah. both got big followings and that that fill a stadium in the UK. But then, but then you got Leo Santa Cruz, who's who's like a massive world worldwide star. He's been around for a long time, and now would be the, the time to catch him. I think Warrington will struggle against Leo Santa Cruz and never attain myself. I, I think he's struggling against Santa Cruz because of his size and, yes. and his work weight. But Navarrete? To be honest, I haven't, I haven't seen much of him. I haven't seen a lot of him. But but Wood, like in his last fight against Conlon, and any other fighter, you you could argue a case to, to, to pull him out. But because he can punch, he's always in the fight. And yeah. he, he pulled around last minute. Yeah. So he's yeah. always in a fight against anybody. Daddy? Pardon? Uh, Did he surprise you, Lee Wood, um, Lee? Like, I mean, he's almost come from nowhere. He got the Kanju win, which was a big win at fight camp, but no one expected it. You mentioned Michael Conlon, and he had a fantastic amateur record, so we kind of expected yeah. Michael Conlon to do what he does. Josh, because obviously the fights against you and Frampton, we expected yeah. it. Lee Wood maybe sort of just risen to the top and no one expected to see it. I, I expected it. I Like I said, I seen him box, box my brother. When when I was going to the Ingalls gym sparring with Kid Galahad, I seen him. I seen him training and working there. He, he's always been a talented fighter. He, he was just waiting for that break, and he got the break, and he he, he took it. He, he took it with both hands. If took you have to pick one, hands, Lee Wood, Josh Warrington, whether it be the City Ground, Ellen Road, who are you fancying? Um, I'd have to pick. It depends which Warrington turns up. You was about to say Lee Wood. You was about no, to say Lee Wood. But then Wood's got that that power. I, if I had to put money on, I'd have to um, back Warrington. 
Lee, really Did appreciate you see the coming work on. Rate? Oh, oh, you, oh, I'm with you. That work rate's ridiculous. I think yep. we saw it again against Kiko Martinez a couple of yep. weeks ago. Uh, Lee, honestly, enjoy retirement. Hopefully, we can get you thank on a lot you. more. Um, people need to hear from you, Lee. Uh, your, your knowledge yep, of the sport's fantastic. Um, and if you are going to start your training, which I'm sure you will do, fingers crossed you produce some fantastic talent down in Wells as well. Lee Selby, former IBF featherweight champion, just jumped on, just jumped on Zoom. Fantastic. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone.